I bet you that felt really good. Where's Rachel? Where's Rachel over there? Did that feel good? Oh yeah, come on. For every woman in every place across the nation. <laughs> Living your life through Rachel, so good. Um, who hasn't felt like doing that? Don't lie. All of you felt like doing that at some stage, surely. Anyway, we are starting a new series called Love Life here at Everlife Church. Very, very exciting. Week number one. Um, and it is a great day to do it. What great weather it is. Who's happy that it's summer? Well, spring. The weather's warming up. Beautiful weather this morning down there uh, for baptisms. And didn't the team do a great job in just getting that video done and ready? Let's give a round of applause. So good. Awesome. I'm um, really glad um, if you're here for the first time, like Jess, my beautiful wife, isn't her hair looking very good, hairdressers on Saturday, quite hot in the moment, um, appropriate for love life, we are loving life right now, um, I just got distracted, okay, <laughs> but we are really glad that you're here, if you're here for the first time, and um, we're Everlife Church, and also those that are watching or listening, we're really glad, glad that you can join us here, my name is Shafin. Um, if you're here for the first time, that is Shafin. Say Shafin. Well done. Awesome. All right. Love life. Well, love life is all about relationships because we believe that the quality of your life is determined by the quality of your relationships. And we believe that we've been built, we've been created for relationships. Um, that's what life is all about. Uh, we've been created for a relationship with God. We've been created for a relationship with each other. In fact, when Jesus was asked to sum up all of the commandments that God had given us, Jesus summed them up in one word, really. He said, it's all about love. Um, the command of God is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind and all your soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Um, and Jesus went on to define the fact that a neighbor isn't just people that like you or agree with you, um, but also people that disagree with you and may not treat you the best. We're called to love and have relationship with each other. In fact, Jesus said that eternal life isn't a destination, but it's a person. Jesus said, this is eternal life, that you would know God, that you would know the Father. It's not some abstract concept out there. It's a relationship. In fact, God himself is a relationship. If you think about it, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy, God the Holy Spirit, it's a little bit of a head spin, but God is three persons in one, a three in one. He is a relationship that he invites us to come and enjoy. And so our love life is all about relationships. Next week we have a panel um, and this panel will be asking some hair, answering some hairy questions and, and speaking through some things. But tonight what we're going to be focusing on isn't, is, is kind of narrowing down into the, the, the romantic kind of relationship, the, the dating relationships that leads to marriage. And don't switch off if you already are married or if you're single. There's some principles here that can be applicable to your life no matter where you're at tonight. Um, and so that's what we're going to be focusing on tonight because this relationship with your partner or the person that you, you may have already married or that you may marry one day is probably the most significant relationship that you can have in your life. Um, because eventually, although your parents matter and we love our parents, eventually we'll be leaving home, leaving our families to create and carve out a new pathway, a new family that will be born. And Jesus himself said it in Matthew chapter 19, verse 5. He said, In the beginning, God made them male and female. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And the two will become or be united into one 
They'll be united into one new family. And since they're no longer two, but one, let no one separate what God has joined together. God loves it. It is in the heart of God to see people coming together to begin that lifelong relationship. And I tell you what, to step into the adventure of a lifetime with all its ups and downs and its colors, it is a significant relationship. And so tonight we're going to be talking about tips to finding love. Now, if you've already found love, again, these principles are related to you as well. So it's all good. But tips to finding love. But before I go into the tips, I wanted to just highlight the difference between loneliness and singleness. There's a very big difference between loneliness and singleness. You see, the truth is you could be with someone but be completely lonely. You could be sharing a bed with someone but in your heart be completely lonely on the inside. Just like you can be surrounded by a crowd of people but still feel lonely on the inside. Um, on the other hand, you might be single but because you've got meaningful, meaningful satisfactory relationships, you don't not necessarily automatically in a lonely position. You are surrounded by relationships that bring meaning and fulfillment to your life. And so I guess what we're saying tonight is it's not a silver bullet answer. Just because you might enter from sing being single into being together um, with someone, it doesn't automatically mean, it mean it's going to be a fix to your loneliness at all tonight. Uh, we are not saying in one second that if you're single, you're subpar. Like we don't want to see singleness as a waiting room for something better down the track, but we want to see singleness as an opportunity for us to be fully lived and fully explored and enjoyed before you step into the next season when you're with someone. Um, and so tonight, what we're focusing on is what we're responsible for. See, we can't control how other people will respond to us. We can't, as much as you might like to, there's no magic potion out there to make someone love you or respond to you in the way that you might like them to. But what we're responsible for is, isn't making people respond to us, but we're responsible to be the best version of ourselves. And so tonight is all about that. How, how can we tips to help us, if you like, the saying is be the one before you find the one. Have you heard that saying? We're all like, we're, we're all, you know, if, you, if you're praying, I want, I want help someone that's healthy, living a healthier lifestyle, and that's, you know, that's working hard and bringing in some income, and they're, you know, diligent with their life. Like, we're, I'm just believing for that, but then we're sitting at home watching Netflix series, eating chips, just a slob, just thank you, thank you for the government, just, you know, funding my way forward in life. It's just, maybe we need to, need to reconsider our approach. Um, and so tonight is, is tips of how, how can I be the one that I'm praying for, that I'm believing for in my life. Um, for me, what, something that I, I did earlier is I needed to kill the phantom wife to work on my own life. I'll say it again. I needed to like kill the phantom wife, the, 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 this wife that didn't exist, to, to actually work on my own life. See, I had this picture out there. It's, it's, this, it's this great mosaic. It's this picture that I, I gleaned along the way, highlights from different people that I met along the way, and it, it formed this picture of, of a girl that I think that I'd like to marry one day. But while I was waiting for this elusive wife out there somewhere, I neglected to actually work on myself. Um, but what I needed to do is kill the phantom wife who doesn't exist, and I've got even better, I've got a real amazing wife, um, Jess, who I absolutely love, um, and I had to actually work on myself. And so that's what 
tonight is all about. Three tips to finding love. Are you ready? Come on, all the single people out there. Are you ready? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I saw a few glints in the eyes, eh? (laughs) Okay, tip number one is this. Number one, get secure. Get secure. Everyone say, get secure. (laughs) We need to get secure. It makes me think of our garage door at the backyard. We've got a a shed at the back, and this door had sort of come a bit unhinged. Um, It it had sort of fallen off its hinges, and um, and it became a little bit, bit, you know, it, it was damaging. It would, like, just hit, the wind would come, and it would hit against the door frame, um, the, the, the door itself wouldn't nicely come together and join against the frame of the door, but the more it was left unhinged, the more damage it caused. Um, and so what happened is when we secured the door in place, we got the new hinges in there and we got it all tightened up. When the door became secure, it was more easily able to come together and fit together nicely. You know, some of us can be a little bit unhinged. Um, for me, I was a little bit unhinged, insecure. Um, for me, very, very insecure. But what we need to do is find our security in God. We need to find our security in God, my worth to be found in God. When, when we're secure in and of ourselves, then we're more able to more, be more whole and we're able to be more, I guess, compatible and ready to, to fit together with someone else. See, marriage will not fix anything. It will only highlight the faults that you already have. Let me tell you, is that right? Jess is like, yes, it's my many, many, many faults. <laughs> I thought it would just disappear under the banner of marriage. No, let me tell you, not at all. But God wants us to be secure in him. See, Jesus said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So what does that mean? Well, in order to really love, you actually needed to love yourself. You need to be secure in who I am. I need to be full of love, in a sense, for myself. It sounds really weird, doesn't it? I need to love myself so much <laughs> in the appropriate way. So we actually have something to give other people. Um, there's a really good uh, verse from Hebrews, chapter 6, verse 18. And it says, This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. This hope that we have in God is a strong anchor. We, we, we need to decide to be secured into God's love for us. See, for me, I came from a broken home and a broken background. I had quite a few insecurities in my life. I was in a bit of pain. And, I, and I'm trying to fix the pain. I'm trying to reach out to, to almost like a vacuum cleaner. Can I suck some love out of you to fill my own tank up so I can feel good about myself? And, and so there's a particular girl that I began a relationship with when I first moved up to Perth um, from Albany. And although I didn't articulate it in my head and I didn't realise what I was doing at the time, really, I was finding my hope. I was trying to anchor my worth, how I felt about myself, according to how she felt about me. And so when she felt great about me, I was like, yeah, oh, I'm awesome. This is great. I feel excellent. But then when there was a little bit of gap there, when there was a slight bit of withdrawal on her part from me, all of a sudden I feel so insecure about myself because I've secured my anchor point into her. 
And I remember in this one, it's looking back, it's a bit crazy to think about this, but I was so anchored into her that one day she, I went to hug her goodbye and she was like, we don't need to hug every time, like every single time. It's like, you could just feel the need coming out of me, you know, so needy. And um, I was like, devastated. I went inside after that, I'm like, what is my life? <laughs> she didn't want to hug me. It's like, wow, yeah. And because I was anchored in her response to me, I, I was insecure. Um, but then in, in the mystery of how God works, she actually went overseas for six weeks around that time. And when she went overseas, it was almost like, I had this breathing space and I actually went to a church service and I found myself at the front of the church at the end of the service crying my guts out. Really, it was all the pain that was in my heart sort of coming out, pouring out before God in a moment of real brokenness, realising that my, my, I can never be anchored in a person's love for me. They might change, it might not be, it's not, it's, there's no guarantee of how someone will respond to me but... That night, I, I re-anchored my hope and my worth in what God thought of me. And i tell you what, from, from that point was a real shift and turning point for me where I got secure in God. So when you're anchored in the love of God, you become immovable. When you're filled with the love of God that he has for you, the worth that he gives me, ultimately giving his life for me. When I feel the worth that God's given me, then I'm actually, my tank is filled. And then I actually have relationships where I'm able to give rather than take. Rather than looking for another person to be my answer to how I feel about myself, I'm actually able to give, have something to give, and it's more of a giving and receiving rather than a take, take, take. The world says, take what you want when you, when you want, but God says, live your life in a way where you can actually have something to give. Um, and so the tip tonight is this. Under the first... First point in terms of getting secure, it's find someone who has a track record of prioritizing a relationship with God. Find someone secure. And if you're thinking about being the one before you find the one, then get secure. Maybe you're already in a relationship, a marriage relationship. Um, it, it can always, you can always be tempted to find your security still within a marriage relationship. I'm married, <sighs> I'm secure. And you are secure to a certain degree. But if you anchor yourself on that person's response to you, you'll always, you'll always be left with a tank that isn't quite full. But if you're, if you're full with the love of God, you always something to give and to strengthen that relationship. That's point one, is to get secure. Point number two is get to work. Everyone say, get to work. Remember that TAFE ad? Get a haircut and get a real job. That's not what I mean. There was an advert in the early 90s and it appealed to a certain demographic, I think. It's like, get a haircut, get a real job. Um, Netflix wasn't around then, but I'm sure there were a whole lot of distracting opportunities available at that time. Get to work, but I don't, although I do mean work, hey guys, get a job, thank you. Um, but when I talk get, get to work, what I mean is step into the purposes that God has for you now. Don't press pause on your life until the answer comes down, but get to work. When we think about Adam and Eve, right at the beginning, the very first relationship that God created. So God created Adam, and before Eve, Eve even turned up, one, Adam was secure. Adam walked with God in the garden. He wasn't asking God for an answer. He was 
secure in and of himself in his relationship with God. But the second thing is that Adam got to work. Adam started working. He started working the fields. He got to work. And we can read this in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. It says, The Lord placed Adam in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it, to get to work. And then, and then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. See, Adam was working he got to work, and at the right time, God brought a helper to help him. Now, now, just pause. I want to pause and highlight this word helper, right? When God talks about a helper to help Adam, he is not talking about a female to be some kind of admin assistant or some there, someone there ready to get the tools to help Adam do the real job. That is absolutely not what this is saying. This, this word helper, actually, some people think that it actually almost means like saviour. Uh, let me tell you, thank you, Jesus. God, God sent Jess from heaven to save me. Um, I mean, Jesus, there's like a you, a letter that's missing there somewhere. But th- this word help, helper, it, it, it actually literally is mentioned throughout the Old Testament. And, and there's been events throughout the Old Testament where vitally important acts of help and support was brought at just the right time. In fact, God is called a helper using the same Hebrew word. E-Z-E-R, however you pronounce that, Ezer, Ezer, Chris, he's the Hebrew scholar, (laughs) he's mocking me in his heart right now, (laughs) Um, and God was was a helper to us, I mean, like, this this is a great word, a great describing word of, of someone to help to come along. What, what, what this word is talking about is there's a vision and a direction that God had for Adam that could not be achieved on his own. But he needed some help. Us guys need a bit of help, don't we? Okay? Let's just be honest. <laughs> we need a lot of help. The girls a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need some help. You know, the, the vision and dream that God had put on my heart and Jess's heart could not have been achieved without us coming together to help each other achieve the things that God has got for us. And God in his right time, brought a helper at just the right time that could help Adam. Um, Jess and I are the right fit. He says, a helper who is just right for him. You know, there's, there's someone just right for you in order to help you achieve the particular calling and purpose that God has for you. Let me tell you, Jess is superwoman. I don't think there's another woman on the planet that would, one, put up with me, um, <laughs> two, be willing to go where I go. <laughs> and so... Jess is absolutely phenomenal gift and God wants to bring a helper along to each one of you to achieve the good things he's got for you. But the key point is this, Adam was working in the garden. Adam was getting to work. Can you imagine if Adam wasn't working? Do you reckon what Eve might have thought about him? He's just slacking around, doing not much at all. It's like, great, where are you going? Oh, nowhere. Okay, okay. Guess we're going nowhere then. Great. Well, I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> you know, we need to get to work. We, we, some, there's something so attractive about someone who's actually going somewhere, who's got direction and purpose in their life. And this is what God wants for every single one of us. Um, Adam didn't choose his garden, um, but, but God gave it to him, but he worked what God has given him. You might not have control over what your life looks like right now, but don't neglect your garden. Get to work with whatever season 
is in front of you right now. We can't always choose our, our garden, but we can choose to make the most of it and get to work. Um, there's a verse in the Bible that, that it talks about how one can put a thousand people to flight. Um, in the Old Testament, it talks about how two people can put 10,000 people, people to flight. Um, the thought behind this is, is pursue chasing your 1,000 and in time God will bring someone to help you pursue and chase your 10,000. Um, work the land in front of you, whether it's getting that degree, whether it's working that job, whether it's improving areas of your life, whether it's pursuing the call of God and the direction that God has for you. Um, sometimes we can be tempted to take shortcuts um, and go, well, no one's around here. I'm just going to, like, why would I continue working my field if no one is around? Well, you know how many people were in Adam's church at that point before Eve came along? <laughs> so, one, himself. But if God could take Eve out of the dirt and bring someone alongside him, then God can bring someone into your life at just the right time as well. God is big enough to do it. I remember when um, I first moved to Perth, I thought, surely I'm going to find someone in Perth. A bit of church hopping, a bit of the elder. How you going? There's some other churches around the place. You know the Christian thing that you do. I know, I know. Um, and then I joined this place called YWAM. This with international young women from all over the countries of the earth with all these great languages. It's like, whoa, it's like a smogger's board of opportunity. <laughs> But there was no one there, right? I've just been honest. And then, and then God calls me to move back to Albany, right? So I, I couldn't find anyone in that environment. And now God calls me back down to Albany, which is a place I love, but I really did not believe I could find love there because there was literally no one there. Um, and I had a choice. Am I going to continue to work my field? There's a verse in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It says, seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. Seek first God's purpose for my life, an intimate relationship with Him, and then all these other things will be added to you, just like He was added to Adam. Sometimes we want to press pause on the God's purpose. Just, just wait, God. I'm just going to go and take care of myself in this area. But God says, No, no, no. Seek first. And so for me, really, I had a choice. Am I going to seek God first and believe Him and trust Him, or am I going to try and control and make things happen myself? And so. I moved down to Albany, and it was an absolute miracle because a week later after moving down to Albany, Jess actually moved down to Albany as well, and our friendship was rekindled, and three babies later, we're very happy. Um, it's worth seeking God's kingdom first. Oh, thank you so much, Ash. Um, I know it's quite really encouraging in terms of working your field, seeking God. Out of a life, we want to create a culture of really healthy, strong friendships, Right? Um, a, a friendship is a phenomenal foundation for a relationship. Jess and I had a really good um, friendship before we went into the next level of our relationship. And so some tips to building friendship is really easy. Get along to dinner parties. Get into proximity. Serve alongside of people. Get into teams with one another. Hang out in groups. Get to know each other. Um, and then just, just know that, guys, that if you're having someone out for a coffee, just know that it may be interpreted in a certain way. This little tip for you is awesome. Um, so the tip here is find someone who has a track record of getting to work. Find someone who's already working their field so you can have confidence for the future. And then the third point, the first point was get secure. 
The second was get to work. And the third is get underneath. Okay, all right, I'll clarify that in a second. I know where all your minds are going. Gee. Get underneath. And so what I mean when I talk about getting underneath, I'm talking about getting your life underneath the authority of God in your life. Not living how you want, when you want, but get your life underneath the authority of God. See, when Adam was secure, he was in the garden. When Adam was working his field, then guess what? It said said in Genesis that God said it's not good for man to be alone. God said it's not good for man to be alone. God said now's the time. Not Adam said, not you said, but God said. And sometimes we can make the mistake between what God said and what you said. Sometimes we're like, well, God hasn't said yet. The clock is ticking. Tick, tick, tick. All right, I'm going I'm to take control of that now and not wait for the God said, but do the you said and carve out a way for myself. Um, it's a little bit like the picture of Abraham and, and Sarah. See, Abraham, the founder of our faith, um, thousands of years ago was promised by God that he would have more descendants than the stars that he could see in the sky. God promised him, you are going to have a son. And he looked at himself, and he looked at his wife, and they were way past the biological clock, like way past it, heading to their 90s and their hundreds. But Abraham believed him. But the thing is, there's quite a gap between when the promise was given and when the baby was born. And, and Abraham started to get a bit itchy and a bit, self, un, bit, self, a bit uncomfortable, a bit self-conscious, going, God, maybe you need a bit of a helping hand over here. And so what he did is he couldn't conceive with his wife, and so he took his, his wife's um, servant, as, and he, he slept with her, and she got pregnant, and she gave birth to a son called Ishmael. Now, Ishmael, although every child is a gift from God, through Ishmael, a whole lot of trouble was caused in his life, and in the generations to follow through Ishmael, because Abraham decided to take the matters into his own hands to carve something out for himself. But then... He chose to remember God's promise and go, God, I'm going to trust you once again and your promise to me. And then at the right time, Sarah miraculously conceived. She gave birth to Isaac, who was a blessing in Abraham's life. And they had more descendants than outnumber the stars right now. And so sometimes we can be tempted to create our own Ishmael. But what we need to do is to come underneath, to get underneath God's authority. And for me, this outworked in a really, really practical way. Um, when I was at YWAM, a youth with a mission, um, I met this girl from America and she loved God and she was like, yeah, ready just to do anything, pursue, the, pursue God. I'm like, awesome, come on. And so she had to move back home to the United States. So we kept on touch and I'd, I'd call her on the phone every now and then and I'd email her and we began to build this uh, relationship and I got quite excited about it. On the inside, it was this romantic idea of like flying to the United States of America and meeting her family and, and everything. Um, but, but what I decided to do was to get underneath God's authority. And so I actually went to a few people that I trusted and that loved me, that, that wanted the best for my life, that I, that I already trusted. And I went to them and I said, what do you think? Because it was getting to the point of me actually investing some time and money into going to America and all that kind of stuff. And each of these three people who I respected in my life, in, in a sense, I gave them a certain level of influence, authority in my life. Each of them were like, yeah, nah. Like, what? You 
meant to confirm my feelings. And they're like, yeah, nah, nah, yeah, nah. I'm like, oh, nah, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, nah, yeah, nah, nah. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, all right, okay. I decided to get underneath God's authority. And so around that time as well, I was doing my daily Bible reading and I was on my daily Bible reading plan. And I actually got to a part in Genesis where it talks again about Abraham and Sarah. Um, and sadly, Abraham's wife, Sarah, had passed away. And so the, the exact phrase was, 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 and Abraham found a permanent burial place for his wife, Sarah. And, and what I sense God is speaking to me in that, point, that moment was, you need to permanently bury this relationship. I was like, that's quite severe and drastic. It's like, wow, you need to permanently bury this relationship. And how do you do that? It's a little bit awkward, a few moments in there. But in the end, basically what I did is I got underneath God's authority, went, all right, God, I, I want to trust in you that you've got the best for me. And can I tell you, I'm so, so grateful that I've got underneath the authority of God. Not me carving out my way, making my way, but trusting in the goodness of God for my life. Um, the really interesting thing about that is that the very next chapter in the Bible, the next day, it's like God's spirit. I'm getting a bit personal now, just sharing with you a bit of my personal journey. The very next day I read the next chapter and it spoke about how um, Abraham sent his servant to go and find a wife for his son Isaac. Um, and he was led by an angel. If you like, he got underneath. And God worked through this servant and, and an angel in a pretty miraculous um, situation where Isaac himself was working in his field. He was getting to work. And then one day he looked up and he saw this girl, Rebecca, getting off a horse. And it was like that. There, there is your wife. And there were some key points about Rebecca that I felt God speaking to me. And um, one of them was Rebecca was beautiful. I was like, oh, hello, okay. And God's saying, you're going to have a beautiful wife, which I absolutely do. The other thing was that Rebecca was someone that feared God. That it's another way of saying she, she, she put God first above everything else in her life, which is so true about Jess. Um, another point was that Rebecca was actually willing to leave her family, her hometown, her family, her home her homeland and go to a completely different nation in an unknown land in order to follow the leading of God, which is exactly what Jess has done when we went to Melbourne and we went on this round trip to, to start this church. And then there was a bit at the end of the chapter that actually said that, um, um, it said that Abraham was comforted by Rebecca at the time of his mother's death. And, um, and so about five years later, my mum passed away and I married Jess. And Jess has been a special comfort to me. Oh, when I went over this message before, none of this was happening. Um, oh, yeah. It is good. Thank you, Jen. It is. You know, and, and God knew. God knew, although the chapter was over, the book hadn't finished. But the next page, the next chapter was just to come. And I just really want to encourage you to trust in the goodness of God. You might be stepping into a new chapter in your life. You might need have had to, you might have had to bury some things in your life. Maybe even as a married person, as a single person, maybe some things in your life that God is calling you to get under. Get under the authority of God. Get under Him because 
He wants good things in your life. He can tell the future. He knows what's going to happen. Let me tell you, He's good and He wants you to prosper in your life. There's going to be some challenges and heartache, but He's a good God. He wants good things for you. I had three points, but I've got the fourth is just for free, just for you today. I just want to end with this. Number four, let's get some courage, hey? Let's get some courage. Come on, guys and girls, but guys, let's get some, like, courage. Let's just get secure, hey? But let's, let's be courageous and actually make some moves. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Because can, can we just be okay with being rejected? Can we just be okay with the fact that not everyone's going to want to be with you? Can we be okay with the fact that maybe someone else might not respond in the way that you desire? But can I encourage you to take some risks, to be bold, to be courageous, to find your security in God? I'm good. I am good. But you know what? I'm going to take some bold risks. I'm going to maybe make some moves. I'm going to pursue a relationship. I'm going to get under the authority of God and I want to get bold and make some courageous steps and some moves tonight <laughs> in God's timing. I know you want to tonight, but just hold your horses. You're good. So good. Hey, I'm going to stand together tonight. I just probably want to end by praying. Can we just, just close our eyes for a moment across this room? You know, tonight with that first point where it says get secure. You know, I just want to encourage you, no matter where you are at in your life, we can all drift in this area. And sometimes we need, to, we need to get secure again. We need to come and anchor ourselves in the love of God. Our security is not found in finance. Our security is not found in what government is elected. Our security isn't found in what job we have. It's not found in, in even the friend of the family that we might have. Our security our anchor point where we can anchor our hope is in the love and the goodness of God for you tonight thank you Lord Lord Jesus I just pray for every single person why don't you just even pray along with me Lord God tonight tonight Lord God Lord right now Lord God we, we take the anchor why don't you even just imagine the anchor maybe you know the areas or the people or the, or the situations where you anchored your hope in tonight even good things but why don't you right now just take the anchor out and go, God, tonight I anchor myself in the love of God. Tonight I anchor myself in you, in your love for me, God. Lord, right now, Lord God, I just release a fresh wind and wave of your love over every single person here, Lord God, that you love them unconditionally. You have good things for them, Lord God. You are such a loving God. And Lord God, we thank you that your love casts out all fear of the future, all fear of what might be, all fear, memories of the past, Lord God. Lord God, tonight we pray for your grace to help us to work it. Whatever field we're in, Lord God, we just trust you. We thank you for the field that we're in right now, God. And we just choose to work it, Lord God. We choose to say yes to you, to seek you above all else, Lord. Not to press pause in my life. And tonight we choose to get underneath, God. To get underneath your authority, Lord God. We, we, we give you back the steering wheel of our life, God. We say yes to you, Lord God, seeking you first, Lord. And Lord God, I, I pray over every single person in this place, Lord, no matter where they are in their life, no matter what relationship, whether they're married, whether they're single, whether they're on their way, Lord God. Lord God, I thank you, Lord, as each of them get underneath your authority, Lord, that they experience the love of God. They see the provision of God in their life, Lord God, in Jesus' name. And I pray for courage as well for people, Lord. Courage for people to take bold steps, Lord God. Even in the face of fear and rejection, Lord, we pray for a newfound courage in this place tonight, 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we just thank God tonight for His goodness? He's so good. Before we move on, we just want to finish off with just one more thought, one more thing. It's really important. Every single week, we just want to simply give people the opportunity to begin a relationship with God. The most important relationship that you and I can ever have in our life. It's, it's the one relationship that if you have that one relationship, you have everything you need. Um, because this relationship we have God with God was made possible through what Jesus has done for us on our behalf. Jesus died on that cross to take our sin and our shame and our guilt upon himself. And he died and he rose again from the dead three days later to give us access to a victorious life and a gift of eternal life beyond even this life that we live. And, and for us to begin a relationship with God, it starts with a simple step of faith. Going, God, I, I don't understand all of it. It's like when you meet a person for the first time. You don't have to understand everything about their life, but, but you might know enough about them to trust them. All right, I, I might begin the journey of this relationship with you. Can I tell you, can I encourage you tonight to step over that line and go, God, I want to begin a relationship with you. I want to put my trust in Jesus. I want to come underneath. I want to say yes to you, God. I want to take your hand and allow you to lead me from this point on until I see you in eternity. And so if we could just close our eyes across this room right now. What I want to do is say a prayer with you, both people here in this room and maybe those that are watching and, and listening online as well. I'd love to say a prayer with you. And if that's you tonight, whether you've drifted away from God for many years and, and tonight you want to draw a line in the sand and step over and go, God, I want to say yes to you tonight. Or maybe it's for the first time tonight. And there's something in your heart where you're going, yes, I feel like I want to come home tonight. If that's you and you'd love me to include you in this prayer so I know who you are, can you please be just bold and courageous and put up your hand right now so I know who I'm praying with. Thank you, Lord. We just don't want to rush this. We just want to give you a moment, not of pressure, but of invitation. Would you tonight say yes to God? Would you invite him to come in to your heart to begin a relationship with God, your creator? He's got good things for you. He'll take you through life's hardships and challenges all the way into eternity. Maybe you're watching online and right now. I can't see you, but maybe you want to put, put up your hand right now and so I can include you in the prayer I'm about to pray. Just to give one more moment, if that's you tonight, why don't you put your hand nice and high so I can see it to include you in this prayer. Thank you, God. That is awesome. Hey, I want to invite you to say this prayer with me tonight. Why don't you repeat it after me out loud together? Dear God, I thank you that you love me. I believe you died on the cross to forgive me of my sin. I believe you rose from the dead to give me eternal life. I give my life into your hands. Would you come and fill me with your love? With your power, with your peace, I surrender my life into your hands. From this moment until the day I see you face to face. Lord God, I thank you and I pray for every single person, Lord, that in this place that might be praying that prayer in their heart, Lord God. Those that are watching and listening online, Lord God, I pray for them, Lord God, including everyone in this place. That you fill us afresh with your love, Lord, with your peace, with your power in Jesus' name again. Let's just thank God one more time. All together, let's thank God. He's so worthy. We're going to finish off with this song tonight and I'd love you to get some movement in happening 
around us. It would be fantastic. Thanks, team.